back, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. You don't have to keep saying, can I hear you? I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. <laughs> but because I'm sometimes moving from different speakers in my computer. Oh, yeah. You got too much. Which one works best, so. Yeah, you got too much stuff going on. Way too much. Okay. Well, anyway, you're on the real talk with uh, AJ. All right. Podcast, so, uh, you're a featured guest on this show. Repeat guest, I would say, many times over. One of the few loyal ones. <laughs> there you go. That come on here to uh, pontificate, debate, correlate, relate topics. Before we get started, uh, can you go ahead uh, and give uh, the audience a little introduction about yourself, sir? Um, Albert Greenberg. And I'm... Uh... I'm directing a play on uh, the environment right now. So called, uh, it was the called uh, Dispatches from the Great Burning, and now it's called The Dream Inside Us. Mm -hmm. So it was going to be a multimedia piece, but we've kind of, we're making it so it can go into community centers and activist groups, things like that. As you know, my darling wife, Helen, is the writer. Okay. She spent time in Mongolia tracking the last of the Gobi bears. There's 22 left in the world. Mm -hmm. She's been to Minnesota to the, try to stop the Line 3 pipeline, that they're mm -hmm. destroying the, the uh, Anishinaabe people's lands in Minnesota. She's been at Bayview uh, trying to get the at press conference and, and supervisor meetings, trying to get them to deal with the radioactive cleanup at Bayview Hunters Point. Mm-hmm. She's been in, down in Montgomery Street, the Wall Street West, trying to close down the banks, which are the largest funders of fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. And all of that is going into a performance work, and we're on the edge of completing it. So that's what I'm doing at the current time. Okay. Any more biographical information you want to share besides your name? And then I'm a, a, a director, writer, and composer mm -hmm. at the Funk Jazz Project. Okay. This, or I should, I should say, moribund. Maybe it'll get off the ground again. COVID just kicked it to the ground. Gotcha. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, like I said, you've been on this podcast many times before. Today's podcast is going to specialize in a topic that I'm working on, and it's something that I can relate upon. Maybe, maybe you can share some lights. The topic we want to talk about is leadership. I got a few questions for you. Huh. Question. First question: When you hear the word leadership, what comes to mind? Uh, autocracy, dictators, Elon Musk, and then sometimes uh, excellence and take no prisoners, um, kind of expect uh, high expectations, mm -hmm. calling out the best in people can go both ways. People seem to need that. And they seem to go to the worst leader sometimes. And mm -hmm. But leadership has, you, you've got to have some kind of leadership, I think. Oh, I'm not, okay. you know, but... How you get a good one? No, that's another question. So, how do you define leadership in your words? What what makes a good leader? Um, somebody that's an ex that knows what they're doing and under I would say understands people. But then I just read a whole piece on Musk, and he doesn't understand anybody. Mm -hmm. And he's you know he he's created a lot of stuff. A lot of it works, and some of it is just horrific. He's out of his mind. Steve Jobs didn't was a monster of a leader, but he created, he destroyed the world. <laughs> he figured out how to turn everybody comatose. It's amazing. You ever see the video of the iPhone? 
him introducing the iPhone. Anyway, I'm I'm just going off here, but it's yeah, let's yeah, let's kind of stay on topic. And you know, without without going into specifically about people, okay. uh, just just in general, leadership to you, like what makes a good leader? Just just in general, not not tapping into a specific people. I mean, you live and walk this earth quite a bit. Therefore, without going into specifics, naming folks, what makes a leader good? What makes a leader bad? Uh, I think leading by example. And I think having expertise in the field they're in, being able to listen to other people and collaborate and draw the best out of people. So, you know, I I am going to mention in person, I think Steve Kerr is a great leader. Okay. I think, you know, Bob Myers too, those guys, uh, it's a very collaborative system that they created. It's it's one of the few times I think sports has something to give outside of the yeah, I think that's that, but also and, and being able to to make hard choices. Okay. So demand excellence of the people around you and yourself. Mm-hmm. Collaborate and then you know make if you make a mistake, be able to adjust and sometimes self sacrifice yourself mm-hmm. so you can you know I think a leader is the first one should sacrifice in a in a tough situation. Okay. So, well, when it comes to parenting or education. How do you see leadership playing roles in, in those two aspects of life? And if you want to share some personal experiences, uh, feel free. But uh, like I said, how do you see when it comes to education and parenting? Well, my daughter is a little girl. I told her that her idiot twin was in the basement and then she acted up. I would torture the idiot twin. So, and she would go, Dad, cut it out, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> So we had we had a really good relationship. I mean, she was tough and tight. I think it's parenting is about you know children are not people must sometimes confu- think their pets are are part of the fam. Pets don't grow. Pets don't change. You know they can you can love a pet, but a child changes can change hourly. And and you've got to be they're a new person when they wake up. It's especially true when they're really young. They're new every morning. It's there's that it's not the same person that went to bed. And you've got to adjust on the fly. And if you keep if you infantilize them, it stunts their growth. And if you're too controlling, it stunts their growth. I think there's got to be a balance between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't make eleven year old decisions, make life decisions. And yet at the same time you respect them, you know. Mm-hmm. That's I think it's really important. I think in this environment, I think the best thing you can do with your kid is read to them. Mm-hmm. Every time I get on a plane and see a little kid with a little computer device in front of him, I want to scream. You know, it's like maybe the only time parents are alone with their kids mm-hmm. at a special time. And our children are, they're just not educated. They don't know what's going on. They do. They do these things where they they don't know if World War Two became came after or before World War One. Mm-hmm. They don't know. They've not. They don't know what Vietnam was. They don't know what the Gulf War was. You know, they it, it's they're very. It's not that they're not smart. They are. I mean, I don't think there are very few people that aren't. They do not have. I think intelligence sometimes innate intelligence, but our kids aren't getting educated. And the biggest thing they're not getting educated to is a constitutional democracy. And you can see that. And it's it's disturbing, you know. Well, I think some pet lovers might disagree with you that says pets don't change. I mean, they do start as pups or bays or kittens and they do grow and evolve. I don't know. I think every living human organism evolves or changes just because they can't communicate. But it's, it's interesting you said that pets don't change. They just stay the same. That what do you want to have? 
Do you want to elaborate on, on why you say pets stay the same? I take it back. Let's move. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you were just you were just rambling. I, I but I didn't love it. That's what you want. This is what one does. This, I I live to love it. Okay. <laughs> so, what about in society and cultural uh, the concept of leadership? Do you think? Are we looking for leaders to keep the status quo? Are we looking to be progressive? Are we looking to be moderate? I mean, how, how do you think the, the leadership plays a role in society and culture? In this moment of time, I'm looking for a leader to protect our constitutional democracy. Okay. You know, I started at Federalist Papers that founding father wrote in the 1700s prior to the Constitution, creating the Republic. It's really interesting. Like, there's one thing they were writing about as an example. Anyway, there was a dispute between, I think, Pennsylvania and Connecticut over the Wyoming territories in the mm -hmm. 1700s. They went to court and Connecticut lost and they were really angry and a lot of financial interests were really angry. The point was they didn't go to war. They didn't fight each other. They were working to find a way to create a system of government where people wouldn't attack each other in stuff that really mattered to them and accept the fact that sometimes they lose and mm -hmm. it's big time. So that's, that's kind of an amazing, that was a turn, you know, you're coming out of Europe where every, you know, where they were constantly at war with each other. The planet is like that now. You know, we've completely failed to create some kind of, you know, shared understanding of how we can navigate the world together. We're still threatening each other. And if we do it at home now, it's it's really troubling. You know, you've got to accept the loss as much as you accept the victory. But, you know, we're, we're at a stage where everything is in denial when you can't have simple, basic understandings of of law, of, of that the that the environment is collapsing, shouldn't be, that you take a vaccine, mm -hmm. that, chlor, you know, drinking, what was it, Clorox or something that wasn't going to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's, that's the stuff that is, there are a lot of people who are just playing off the chain and I don't know how you get them to, uh, how to rein them in. And the culture is really, uh, it's a mess, I think. It's, it's all bread and circuit. You've got two things going on. You've got oppression on one hand these guys taking away everybody's rights and then you got bread and circus where where people ignore it and just you know they're all going to the game and i like going to the games don't get me wrong so you know but mm -hmm. there comes a point where you've got to you know get involved on some level take mm -hmm. and most of the most people are trained not to from childhood on you know, mm -hmm. so it's a problem, but I don't have that long to worry about it. So, oh man, don't keep talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you always say that, and you know, every day you get up stronger and uh, more wiser. Therefore, I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, your time is is even nearby. Well, we'll see. Anyway, but I, I understand that the the politics are uh, near and dear to you. Do you, I mean? When we think about the politicians, how, how, how would you view them in, in the context in the context of leadership? Let's start with the Congress first. Oh, it's just, these people are poisonous. Just mm -hmm. watch Matt Gates this morning. I mean, mm -hmm. guys are they're just poison. They have no no respect for democracy. They have no respect for the rule of law. Anybody mm -hmm. supporting that monster, the the uh, 
the rapist who just got convicted of fraud you know i it's 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 a it's astonishing you know it's it's you know i didn't know it was going to be this bad as i got older i knew there were parts of the country i, I was always afraid to travel in when i was younger mm-hmm. um but i call it the heartland of darkness okay you know joseph campbell's book i mean joseph camp joseph conrad's book the heart of darkness mm-hmm. about Af- well this is i look at the heartland of darkness there's mm-hmm. dark energy coming out of that place and uh, i mean you know i'm talking about democracy they're talking about satan and devils and you know they're all talking you know mark meadows and this was on on early on in on morning joe they play they wrote read emails that he read with passed back and forth with jenny thomas talking about bringing that their their goal was to bring about the kingdom the kingdom stealing our election they're bringing about the kingdom they're so <laughs> mixing religious metaphor with 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 their criminality mm-hmm. and yet debate nobody talks about it right now today and that's what you know and they're all tied to this stuff they go mm-hmm. to one extremist religious event after another label everybody who they disagree with as demons as enemies mm-hmm. it's uh yeah, yeah so that's that's very disturbing. Uh, here's an interesting one. I get into these little loops. This is it's just on topic, sort of. I was re- mm-hmm. reading about the the crypto ki- uh, criminals, Bank Bankman Freed. Mm-hmm. There, he's got some kind of dispute with this law law firm, Sullivan and Cromwell. Mm-hmm. So, I go back and I look at a book I was reading on the Dulles brothers. John uh, John Foster Dulles was our Secretary of State under Eisenhower, and Alan Dulles, he essentially created the CIA. and And John Foster worked for Sullivan and Cromwell, and prior to him, work even in the eighteen hundreds, they were helping to take over Nicaragua. They helped shape, uh, get the Panama Canal to Panama, took it out of the hands of Nicaragua. They've been involved in all this nefarious. John Oh, John Foster Dulles was working for nazi uh corporations like uh ig farben that made uh, cyclone b the poison used in the death camps and that was that was sullivan and cromwell so these guys have this long history of of being just criminal you know and and they're the ones that that i see their name today just kind of passing in a little article and i go why don't people know who they are why aren't they called to account for all of the corporate crimes they committed i mean these guys did uh well you were stuck with that when you were in the iraq wars they were into manifest destiny which meant you know they were going to spread democracy which meant assassinating the head of iran assassinating the head of guatemala assassinating patrice lumumba in the congo caught trying to get rid of uh sukarno in indonesia setting i mean these guys did this all over the world in with this magical thinking that they were going to spread democracy by getting rid of democracy by killing uh, democratic leaders overthrowing democratic governments it's really a quite a major magical thinking so these are the same people that we still have today and i find that you know i don't know when people come to grips with all that i don't know but you know i wish biden would just not run don't you 
1,000%. (laughs) Don't you wish he'd just limp off into the distance? Well, it becomes becomes a power-hungry thing. And if I can uh, take the mic for a few minutes, and uh, I think you touched on a dip issue there. And when I woke up Friday morning, I saw that Senator Feinstein had passed away. And I said, what a way to go out. And I think people literally just want to die in office, uh, just like Ruth Bader Ginsburg did, now Feinstein. May she rest in peace. Uh, She died in office. And I think people just really go out stubborn. Yeah. Stubbornly, if that's a word. Uh, I think people, I try to live by the Mr. Spock philosophy. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And I think these Congress people, congressmen, congresswomen, I think they they just get so wrapped up in their own ego and their their own power, that thirst for power and that thirst for control that they don't know when to let go. And and Biden is definitely in that category now. However, who and what is the alternative? I know. It's really ugly. You know why George Washington stepped away from the White House? He hadn't done that. He could have been king. And he knew that. Yeah. You know? That was a huge, you know, the guy was, he could run the rest of his life. Yeah. And he did it for the sake of the country, for the sake of the Constitution, you know, and these, it's really troubling. Well, I think Washington had the wherewithal and the forethought to know that it, in the end, it's going to have to be a republic. It's going to have to be three branches of government working, right. synchronized. And, and we've seen throughout our history that when the, when the three branches of government are not in sync, these are the problems that we have now and in, in throughout our lifetime. And therefore, just staying in office for the sake of staying in office just causes a malaise or monotony or just apath- just having apathetic work ethic. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I think that's where our Congress is today. I mean, they know that their constituents are going to keep putting them back in office as long as they got the money and, and, and the right folks, you know, the lobbyists backing them. And it just gets to a point where nothing gets done. Well, it's all he had a lot done. I mean, I think Biden passed an awful lot of legislation. He did. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. That's, I'm, that's yeah, I'm not, not talking, true. I'm not, yeah. yeah, I'm not talking about him specifically. Well, I'm just that's saying, where we are. This is the yeah. specific moment we're in. The problem is yeah. he's just too old. Yeah. You know, people don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like hearing him. Yeah. You know, but he has done his policies. He's gotten through stuff with a one vote lead in the a majority in the Senate. I mean, just crazy. So we'll see, but it's, yeah, he's just too, the age thing, but it doesn't compare with what's going on on the other side, which is what's so frustrating because they're just plain fascists. Mm-hmm. They're out now fascists, uh, you know, it, <laughs> it's very frustrating. Well, I think, and, and, I, and I try to be as objective as possible. I mean, when we throw around terms like, uh, racist or fascist, you know, people can do it low key or they can be under the radar. And, and I'm just speaking for myself. When I hear people say the country sucks, I don't buy that. I don't believe that. Yeah. Do we have problems? Absolutely. Do we have things we need to work on? Absolutely. Do we have racism? Absolutely. What country doesn't? I just hate to hear that the country sucks. The country sucks. But then, hey, that. But then what's that? I didn't say that. You know, I'm going to say you did. I'm just saying me. Yeah. In particular, where when I hear that stuff and I'm thinking, how how do we make it better? Right. If the country truly does suck, then what are we going to do to to make it better other than just bitching and moaning and griping? But when you got 35 million people ready to vote, vote for somebody who's looking to eviscerate the Constitution and arrest his enemies, 
and turn it all over to the corporate class, even more than he did when he was in office. Yeah, it's very dangerous. This is a different. This is a different ball game. You know, it's not John McCain running against Obama. It's not mm-hmm. McCain going. I'd like to cra- congratulate uh, Senator Obama on his victory. Mm-hmm. You know, he won the election. It's not Al Gore saying to George Bush, "I want to congratulate you on your victory," mm-hmm. right? Or Carter saying that to Reagan. Or so that was. But it's yeah, I got you. That's been our you condition. Know, and this man is trying very hard to overthrow our democracy. So, yes, I think it's really worth preserving. I think it's really worth reminding people that we still have a chance to work toward a more perfect union. And uh, and I totally support. I think it's the great gift this country has. It's the reason why immigrants want to come here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm around a lot of wealthy, cynical people mm-hmm. who, you know, who have the luxury of being cynical. But in your heart of heart, minds and minds, do you think one man, especially him, has the wherewithal or he can muster enough people to really overthrow the country? Do you really believe that? He can undermine the rule of law on many ways. He can turn, he was already turning the Justice Department as his own personal weapon against his enemies. Mm-hmm. He can have endless investigations. He can threaten people he can it can turn over the environmental protection agency to the oil companies like he did before he can eviscerate worker rights like they did before he can Mm -hmm. support all this these abortion restrictions and take away women's rights and you know and gay people's rights Mm -hmm. he can do all those things and they hurt people they hurt people yeah. terribly, you know. He increased the national debt by seven trillion dollars from his two tax cuts. Was it three trillion or seven? I don't really know the number. Uh, it's, it's a lot of money, that's for sure. <laughs> that, that, yeah, and they're talking about the deficit cuts, and what they want to cut is, you know, meals for kids that have no food. This is their right, you know, but keep the cat tax cuts for the Harlan, whatever the Nazi memorabilia can collector's last name is harlan crow mm-hmm. right those guys i mean it's 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 not good you know well once again a thousand percent i agree with you everything you said not because you're my homie you're my you're my <laughs> uncle you're my uncle from another sire but <laughs> there you go i'm gonna say that it's the people if the people don't get out of vote we can't bitch and moan right you know it, it's easy to sit back and bitch and moan but when you don't get out and vote this is how we get Gorsuch, Amy Coney Barrett, and who's the other clown? Um, uh, what's the other clown? I can see his face. I can't think of his name. Yeah, I know who you mean. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, yeah. When people don't go out and vote. This is how our country stays in turmoil because I think in my brief time walking this earth, people have short-time memories or they have short-time memory loss. And I think people will ultimately vote with their pocketbook more so than their intellectual capability. They won't vote with a sense of morality. They won't vote with a sense of ethics. If you talk to most people, yeah, and I complain gas is high, but to me it's all relevant because a dollar in 1970, the year I was born, is a, is a lot different than a dollar in 1999 or 2023. 
Uh, therefore, you have to live in the times you live in. But I just think people just don't vote. I think people don't care. And I think that's what keeps this country in a vicious cycle, this apparatus we're in where things get better, things get bad because of that that short-term memory loss where people just are very egocentric. They only focus on them. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think we educate people. You know, you've got small towns in Texas with $75 million high school football stadiums. They're not mm-hmm. building their kids' libraries and research centers for tech. Mm-hmm. They're building, they're building, you know, some uh, stadiums so they can get concussions and so they can have offshore betting on Texas high f- school football. Mm-hmm. It, it's, we're not, they don't want their children educated. They want them to, to, it's yes sir, no sir, toe the line. They step outside of that kind of thinking. They're very dangerous. And there's a lot of them, you know, that's what they spend their money on. Uh, I mean, and how many uniforms do the Oregon Ducks need? <laughs> I mean, you know, what is it with, with guys and, and color-coordinated tights? It's the only time they ever get dressed up. It's when they're wearing color-coordinated tights. I just, I, I, we need a, you know, I. We could do a whole series on that. <laughs> I mean, they're just so strange. You know, they look like slobs all all week long, and then they get in their color-coordinated tights, and they're heroes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to admit, I mean, we do need sports. I mean, without sports, my goodness, what, 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 what would this world be like without some type of athletic entertainment outlet besides the movies or music or concerts i mean we, we gotta have something to oh i like sports i'm yes yeah. but the yeah. business of it yeah. i'm sorry these kids aren't getting educated oh yeah and there should be a movement there's there shouldn't be a black kid in the country that plays at alabama not one i mean i yeah. i'm sorry they, they, if they're good you know play at usc Go to a free state. Well, the academic standards are, are different from institutions to institutions. I think you're well aware of that. And I think some schools, some coaches, they look for a certain type of kid, a certain type of student, even though they're not student athletes anymore in my mind. No. However, I think certain coaches look for kids that maybe they can control, maybe they can mold, maybe they can evaluate, maybe they'll be able to assimilate into the culture. I mean, you look at Najee Harris. He grew up right there in Concord, California, and he went to Alabama. Now he's in the NFL. He didn't go to USC. He didn't go to UCLA. Uh, he didn't go to Berkeley. He, he went to, I think, where he thought was going to get him the best opportunity to go to the league. Um, yeah. Then you got Jalen Brown from Boston who grew up in Marietta or somewhere up there, suburb of Atlanta. He went to Berkeley for a year. Yeah. Therefore, yeah, the, therefore yeah, 3,600 people total that's ever been in the in the nba mm-hmm. is that right is that the number something like that less uh, in, the his, in the history of the league history of the league less than four thousand since the start of the league since the start of the league i'm looking it up wow so what does that say to you about how they're treating these giving these kids these false fantasies they're better they're they've got a better chance to become a brain surgeon and going in the nba i don't know about that my hands are too shaky i don't think you want me to <laughs> I might hit the wrong nerve or artery or something. But, uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And I just think that uh, when it comes to leadership uh, and, when, and when it comes to folks who are, if, if you're a leader at this time or you're a follower at this time, I think, and I hate to be cliche, people forget where they come from. People forget the people that help them along the way. I just think it gets distorted and it just wrong. becomes. My number's wrong. It was 4,374. 
that's not much. Beginning of the league. There's more kids playing for Big Ten teams practically than that right now. I mean, it's just, yeah. come on. They don't have a chance to get in the NBA. Well, that's a different sport. I mean, when I was talking apples and oranges football, we got 50 to 80 kids on a college team. Right. Compared to, yeah, you got 12, so. And uh, you got to think about it back in, it was it Bob Cousy's days where they had five teams in the league. Uh-huh. <laughs> but now the kids are coming from all over the world, too. So yeah, it makes true. it harder uh-huh. to have, you know. And uh, it just, okay. it's just the ways, of, it's the ways of the world sign of the times. Uh, however, I do think that if we, if we don't start to, to, like you said, educate folks and inform people that maybe we'll just keep going around and around. Uh, shifting topics on leaders. Did you watch any of the Republican debate? I can't watch those people. <laughs> They're not. They waste my. We know who's going to be the nominee. If I want to see the nominee, I want to see him in court. Yeah, I mean, I watch because it, for one, it's entertaining and it's something to laugh at. But I do want to see these sycophants, and I do want to see how many people that if he was to get in the office, how many of these loonies he would surround himself with. But mm-hmm. I do think they are in dire straits. Uh, I, I hope so. They better be. <laughs> they better be. Hey, NFL, 23,204 since uh, it started. Since, since it started. Okay. Well, that that sounds about right. Nothing. Yeah, well, like I said, they had four teams back in the 20s, the Bears, the Packers, Detroit. Oh, man. <laughs> You know, that's it's really something. Well, I hear it's interesting you said that earlier that that Kerr and Myers were good leaders. Uh, I don't know. I think they kind of fouled a few things. I mean, you know, leaders make mistakes. I, that's especially that of course, especially, especially that Draymond Jordan Poole thing. I don't think they handled that correctly. That's that's me talking. No, I think you're right. Well, who knows what to do with Draymond? Yeah, I mean, they should just keep his mother in the locker room at all times. Yeah, I mean, when you blatantly assault somebody at your place of work, or especially at your place of work, and he doesn't get suspended, he doesn't get fined. I mean, that's that sends a message that violence is acceptable. Yeah, and that and that people can can take matters into their own hands physically. And I think that's the sign of the times in this country. I think people feel like if they if they have to be violent, as long as they can justify it in their mind, then then that's what they're going to do. They're not going to try to use their words, and they're not going to try to solve things in, in, in a mature rationale. And I think that was a perfect example. Uh, if you ask me for my two cents, I think they used Draymond and Poole. I mean, I'm looking at the context. Who are the bosses? Two white guys. Who are the employees? Two black guys. Okay, we need both of these black guys to go out here and entertain and perform and, and help us win. So we're just going to sweep this under the rug for the sake of culture or team culture or team chemistry. And it ultimately imploded and backfired on them, I think, because they got knocked out. And I think you can see the the way they played throughout the season. Yeah. That it affected them because once again as leaders, they didn't they, they didn't step up and make the right decisions. And I thought even if he hadn't hit him, even giving Poole that contract was the wrong decision from the get go. Well, that's what they did. They they gave him money to keep him quiet. That was crazy. And oh, I don't think so. I think they thought he might be the 
Yeah, hey, didn't they give him the contract before? He got the contract before the punch. I think it's uh I think the punch no, made it. No, I, th- I think he got it after. Look it up. Why are you online? I think he got it afterwards because uh I think it happened in training camp early September last year. Yeah. But and I think and I think he got the con- I could be wrong. I don't have the computer here me to look it up, but but anyway, I just you know, I just think it I think if that was Draymond punching a white superstar or punching Steph Curry, yeah. I think it would have played out a, a lot differently. I think he would have probably got suspended or had a heavy fine and not just say, oh, we talked about it, you know, because, I mean, to me, that's just systemic in this, that's just systemic in this country. You know, you, I, feel like you, you feel like you can go up and just punch somebody. Well, you know what? The white guys gave him a, gave Poole a $140 million contract. Yeah, to keep him quiet. Uh, you know what? <laughs> keep me quiet. <laughs> Please, somebody keep me quiet. Give me $140 million. I'll stay Quiet as a church mouse. Oh, okay, so you'll take a punch for Yeah, I guess I'd take a punch for him. I'd take a punch for him. You kidding? Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, and definitely where you're living at, you know, out there in the Bay Area, I mean, it's, it's like crime galore. I mean, that stuff that happened in Philly last week, I, I don't understand where these people are just feeling like they can just ransack places of business. I don't know when that concept evolved or who thought of that, just go in there and start destroying the retail. Oh crazy isn't it yeah and i'm sure it happens in red states too to some degree you know but it just seems like in the in the big blue cities populous areas it just seems to be rampant yeah and like, and like you said it starts at home you gotta have leadership at home it all starts with the upbringing and it all starts with how you feel about society and how you and not only that but how you feel about yourself yeah you know and uh going from there but you, we'll, we'll see you can't have a society where 10 percent own 90 percent of the wealth it just, you know, it's, there's two ways to, we got to focus on the poor criminals, but we also got to focus on the rich ones. And, and I don't know how you do that. They're so powerful. Well, you can't because capitalism obviously has a built-in mechanism to protect rich people. And I think we know that. I mean, James Diamond should be brought up on charges of ecocide for destroying mm-hmm. the environment. Instead, Chase Bank is on the is the name of the Warriors. Everybody goes to Chase Stadium mm-hmm. to see the Warriors. You know, there's Clay hawking Chinese goods again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, just what it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's good old it's good old capitalism, man. I think Adam Smith once again. You know, people wrote stuff 300 years ago mm-hmm. uh, without any. No, no, I'm not going to say that, but it's hard to predict the future. It's hard to predict what's going to happen tomorrow. But when you write a constitution or when you write uh, economic system concept, things change and people seek ways to take advantage of those systems, if that makes sense. You write a constitution in, in 1770, whatever, and then it's like, how many people are in the country then? A million? You know, uh-huh. 13, 13 colonies. It, I mean, the constitution wasn't built for expansion. That's why we had to have amendments. Sure. You know. You got to expand on it, but then the people who write it, they write it in a fashion where they can take advantage of it for those and, and, and people close to them with the means to take advantage of it. Therefore, you uh, you get what you get. When you, when, when you live by old documents, 300 years old, this is what you get, right? You can't, can't have any built-in flexibilities, if that makes sense. Or people, you know, people interpret it rigidly in a rigid way when they want to, or they, or they interpret it in a loose way when they want to, Yeah. A well-regulated militia, yeah. National Guard. <laughs> but when you say every person should have the right to bear arms, then nobody questioned that. 
Yeah, just not tactical nuclear weapons, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. What? You know, stay away by rocket launcher. Yeah, I got you. Just can't. But on a personal, but on a personal, what do you got coming up? I know you mentioned the plays earlier. Well, the play is the big thing right now, and uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's enough. Yeah. Are you Are you guys looking to uh, relocate or take any trips? Or are you Are you pretty well? We fairly- we were back east, you know, in Virginia, Helen's family, and then uh, went to Chicago to my kid's wedding. And then uh, I, I get together with these guys that I went to elementary school with and with mm-hmm. out on a lake. Friends got a house on a lake out there. And, and uh, we've been, the last 15 years, we've been getting together. We were all kids together. So mm-hmm. it's kind of wild, you know, that we're still connecting. Oh, okay. That's yeah. good. That's good. South so got, of Chicago, and everybody's got a different life, completely. Yeah, different. but we mm-hmm. we once a year we get together and uh, and limp. <laughs> so. Hey man, keep keep pounding, keep pounding. How about you? Are you well? You're I'm up? still waiting. On, I'm still waiting on this this job offer from overseas. They keep dragging their feet. Uh, it's just a sign of the times, you know. Everybody's short staffed, whatever. Everybody's lazy or apathetic. I don't know how long it takes to process paperwork so i thought i would have some things in motion as far as shipping things but i don't have anything official yet every two weeks they they come up on the net and ask me some crazy question that they already know the answer to they just feel maybe they just have to contact me so often but i was supposed to have foot surgery a couple months ago that got canceled now i'm supposed to have it next month that got canceled so i might just give up on that <laughs> and just stay in pain and take motrin for the rest of my life because that gets a little deflating when you have to gear for these surgeries like you know a week before you can't take any narcotics you can't drink and whatever and then the morning of the surgery they call you at 6 30 hey the surgery's canceled oh okay thanks a whole week you had to go yeah yeah that's brutal yeah and uh <laughs> So, you know, that's the best part of it. But I've just been substitute teaching. That, that's another episode. Have you been enjoying uh, that at all? Yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. It gets, it's interesting. These kids today definitely have a lot on their plate, a lot of distractions. Yeah. Chromebooks are definitely ruining them. I mean, they don't practice penmanship or anything of that nature. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, you know, getting back overseas, hopefully. And I know 2024 is going to be a madhouse in this country with the election. So I, I, I would enjoy watching that from afar. Uh-huh. And, uh, violence. But, you know, what's that? It's going to be violence. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm going back to, I'm going to Huntsville this week. We got a Masonic function there. Maybe I'll shoot down to Birmingham, see my people. We'll see. About a two-hour drive from Huntsville. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm going to Yellowstone in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Take some shrooms with me. Maybe I'll see a vision. Get my Bill Walton on. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get your shrooms from? There's a guy I play racquetball with. He knows a guy that makes them. So but the guy who knows a guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know Colorado. They're becoming legal. They should have them out on the, the shelves sometime next year, maybe soon thereafter. But yeah, that's about it, man. Just uh, staying healthy, trying to stay active. Uh, get out of the house a couple of days a week. Go do something productive. You know, hang around these kids. Laugh. Maybe they'll learn something from me maybe i'll learn something from them but i definitely see the struggle in the education system now that i'm in there and uh, it is eye-opening for sure it is eye-opening but all is good can't complain maybe maybe time permits maybe i'll try to scoot out there hang out with you guys for a day or so all good you got any closing comments sir or go ahead and share some with us let's see 
the Bears are losing to the Broncos. <laughs> the Bills nah, Dolphins. Yeah, now that's a headliner. Yeah, I like the Dolphins too, but yeah. Well. Well, if you play 17 games, you're bound to play one or two bad ones. But uh, I don't think they have the defense. So. Yeah. Defense wins championship, offense sells tickets. Yeah, I appreciate you once again being on the Real Thanks. Talk with AJ podcast. Share your knowledge and experience. It's always good to, to talk, catch up, listen to you, learn some things, as I do every time we come into contact. I appreciate it. And we'll keep it up. All right, take care. Tell the family I said hello. All right.